Welcome everyone to this live broadcast of Manufacturing Talk Radio and the ISM Report on Business series that we do with both Tim Fiore and Anthony Nieves. We're talking about the Purchasing Managers Index. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with Lou Weiss, who's the host of Manufacturing Talk Radio. He's also the president of All Metals and Forge Group, an industrial manufacturer of open die forgings and seamless rolled rings. You can find at steelforge.com. Joining us is Anthony Nieves for the services report on business. Always glad to have Anthony with us. It's the balance between manufacturing and services that gives us a complete picture of what's happening. Anthony, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, Anthony, we're well, also again a good solid report. Definitely, it's uh, you know it it's definitely had some pullback month over month on the uh, release, but overall it's still good numbers. Uh, as we know, anything above fifty uh, reflects uh, growth. And uh, yes, for the second month in a row, we had a bit of a decline on the composite index, down one point two percentage points to fifty five point nine which is, I must say, the lowest reading we've had since February of uh, 2021. But um, you have to keep in mind that we were in rarefied air with some of the numbers we had north of the 60 percentile range on this diffusion index. In any case, it's, uh, these are good numbers. And uh, why, don't you, why don't we go into depth on some of this? <clears throat> Certainly. Uh, when you look at business activity, came in at 54.5, it's down 4.6 percentage points. Now keep in mind, I, I think I mentioned this on the last show uh, last month, that because of the supply constraints that we had, the logistical challenges that many of the respondents said they were putting in larger quantity orders, more frequent orders. And I think as those are starting to get delivered, we're seeing that little bit of waning in the activity based on that. Uh, what's good news is when you look at the new orders index, 57.6, that's up three percentage points. So that tells us what's in the pipeline. And the other indexes that make up this composite index, employment back into expansionary territory at 50.2, up 0.7 percentage points. Would be even higher if we had the ability to recruit and hire uh, employees at a better pace Good jobs report came out this morning. They added, what, about 390,000 jobs or so. Uh, not as much as they did back in April, but uh, very good report. Um, they're saying that that might uh, help um, a little bit down the road, but right now inflation is still running rampant. Supplier delivery, 61.3, 3.8 percentage points down. Respondents are telling us that we're seeing some easing especially like port congestion, the ships containers in the queue are about half of what they were in the midst of the pandemic, uh, still having challenges with overland trucking, slow rail service, equipment availability, drivers, same thing. We wouldn't even have to change the headline month over month for this report, same thing each month. But overall, when you look at this, you know, the composite index 55.9, uh, what's a good sign is like I said, new orders is up. Uh, Hopefully uh, from what, and I know we'll get into it later in the morning, but the semi-annual was telling us as well that we'll see continued growth going forward. That's the super news, but we'll get to that. <laughs> you know, what Anthony, I'm just curious, sorry, Lou, uh, 
Anthony, I'm just curious about the pipeline. In manufacturing, when a manufacturer places a new order, it's six months to a year before they receive the goods, they manufacture the goods, they produce the product. How long is it in the services sector on average? That's a great question. And, you know, when you say six months to a year, you're being kind, depending on what kind of production it is, right? If they're building aircrafts, it's going to be a heck of a lot longer, right? It's not that's different than, say, uh, some other manufacturer type like appliances or even vehicles, for that matter of fact. But, you know, it's more demand pull on the services side. So the cycle time is really fairly quick unless you're getting into some capital equipment, but for the most part, it's, it's fairly quick. It could be a 30 to 60 day cycle time for most service industries. And again, it varies by commodity. It's so eclectic in this sector. Um, one thing I must plug the services sector, have to do it, can't resist. Okay, represents what? 90% of contribution to GDP, even though we're kind of like the stepchild here, we are the big dog in the room. <laughs> We're going to have to tell Mr. Fiore you said that. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> well, Lou and I have always looked at that somewhat differently because we know that manufacturing measures people on the plant floor. So the engineer and designer at Ford Motor Company is in the services sector, not in manufacturing, which might surprise them. <laughs> Well, he's always trying to get construction over. You know, he says, forget about the NAICS code. I want construction over on the manufacturing side. And I said, you can only have that if you take mining, too. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems to be a drag on the economy at times. Yes. <laughs> so, so you, guys you guys trade off stories? You guys trade off stories? <laughs> you know, I haven't spoken with Tim directly. Uh, it's been quite a while. Um, it, I think the last conference call we had was a few months ago of uh, planning for the uh, uh, international conference, but uh, I haven't spoken to him directly. Huh. Well, he said hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting when, you, when he quotes something or I quote something and we coincide, it's not like we planned it. <laughs> That's great. That's right. <laughs> So what are, what are the panel people saying? Well, that's great. I'll tell you, when we look at, you know, as I mentioned, we said that the uh, respondents, uh, we could mirror uh, each month the headline going in for the report. Um, and I love this first comment that came in from accommodation and food services. Supply chain improving with more reliability of supplier deliveries. Inflationary pressures increased on goods and services. Employment also improving in most markets, fewer daily fires and more planning time. Kind of succinctly captures uh, what's going on. Uh, still have some really strong capacity issues in the accommodation and food services arena. Can't, they can't get enough team members. Um, even if you see a restaurant open, uh, it's, it, the service is not quite up to par yet. Uh, same thing, uh, they're running into issues with production on, out of the kitchen as well as inventory getting the, the right products um, there've been substitutions and you know some value uh, and engineering and value analysis believe it or not it does happen in the services side too it's not just manufacturing it does value engineering and value analysis 
You know, there was one particular comment from one of your respondents regarding inflation and about pricing and so on and so forth, how it's continuing to uh, increase. Um, and, and my attitude about that is I'd rather have inflation than recession. Absolutely. It's, you know, a, cheap I, way, it's a cheap way to increase sales. Yes. And margin, right? And margin, right. Yeah, you can, uh, well, I will say this much that not everything uh, gets passed on uh, to the services sector from the manufacturing sector. There is some upstream absorption, not fully, but you know, I think on the manufacturing side, they feel it so much quicker on the raw material cost than you would on the finished good uh, pricing. So uh, you, know, you know it better than anyone, Lou, that's your business. Right, I've been, I've been known to have to raise prices. <laughs> but like I say, it's a good way to increase revenues. Yes, yes. Anthony, when we were talking with uh, Tim about the manufacturing side, we're at 24 months in what is usually a 34 to 36 month cycle of expansion. He thought it might go to 42 months. What's it look like on the services side? Are people cautiously optimistic? or are they edging their bets? Well, think about this. You know, we talk about, you know, business cycles on the services side. You know, the last time we had to worry about recession was what, 2008, right? So uh, we went into it at the December of 2007. I remember the composite index, we came out for the first time in 2008 and it was negative. It was in you know contraction territory. First time releasing a composite index for the services side. And all I can say was to anyone, it wasn't me. I didn't do it, you know? <laughs> and as you look back historically uh, over the different business cycles that have existed for services, um, I'm going off the top of my head, say there were like about 33 cycles of, and they lasted on the expansion side of about, uh, to your point, Tim, about three years and recession about 18 months. And we're well into this from 2009, uh, you know, uh, we came out of this. So this has been a very long cycle on the services side. So um, I think that uh, it's going to continue based on what the respondents have been telling us that it's going to continue for the balance of this year, for sure. And so, um, you know, I think 2023, um, I don't anticipate that first part of the year uh, heading into that recession period, or as Lou likes to say, the big R. Um, so I don't think we're there yet. Um, if you look at all the variables that contribute, and, and one of the big telltale signs, and not that it predicts uh, recession every single time, but it's, it's there for the most part is the inverted yield curve. And right now uh, we're not seeing that. Uh, we have low unemployment. High unemployment is an indicator of going into a recessionary period as well. The one thing that we have is the anchor uh, is, is the inflation, right? The, and we're seeing that not only in the cost of goods, but we're feeling it on wage pressure as well. So prices are where they are and wages are increasing. And um, it's, it's all based on the supply and demand that we have right now. So it's kind of hard to tell, it's kind of hard to tell if uh, you just gave the report for the ISM services monthly report or the beginning of the semi-annual 
uh, report, which we're going to get into in a minute or so. Uh, everything is about futures. It is. I mean, but the one thing, let's keep in mind the big difference between the two reports, right? The semi-annual, we ask our respondents to look backwards as to what happened versus what they predicted. We ask them to look forward six months and a year as well. So we look backwards a year, we look forwards in a six month interval and a year interval, a year period of time that is, whereas the monthly report, we're looking at what happened. And the reason why, and, and you guys know this better than anybody, why this report is utilized the way it is by so many different uh, agencies and bodies is because it comes out so early. First business day of the month for manufacturing, third business day of the month for services, and it's reflected on what's happening across all these companies. ISM does a great job, the staff does a great job in recruiting the respondents, and it's based on the 18 industries in each sector and across uh, the NAICS code that is for manufacturing and services, and it's mapped historically to GDP as the composite of small, medium, large companies. And when you look at that, that's why you, as you mentioned earlier, I think it was uh, uh, Tim, you said about looking at the graph and how it maps on the um, GDP. That's why this report is what it is. So one is present day, what happened? The other is what we're looking forward to in the future. As you know, I've been following the ISM, particularly manufacturing for 40 some odd years. And it's rare that we're not, our company is not in sync with what you report. Yeah, that's even longer than my tenure. In fact, I think, Lou, wasn't it, they weren't they on a tablet when they were doing that? Yes, they were. <laughs> they were. Actually, there were three tablets, but they broke one. So that's how we wound up with the Ten Commandments. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anthony, what are the respondents saying in terms of the semi-annual report? I know you asked special questions in that and you compile you know, a lot of different statistics. Let's dive into that a bit. Certainly. Well, I have to tell you, you know, we had the special questions and it surrounded things such as employment and wages and uh, the, the war in Ukraine. And, you know, some of the, the and I'll sum, give you a summary on, on some of this from the services side. You know, the operating rate came in at 91%, very high. We know anything above 80, low 80s, you're operating very efficiently, 91%. I mean, you've got all cylinders going for the most part. You know, you're looking at that from normal capacity. Uh, and when you look at, you know, production capacity is expected to increase 1.2% over 2022. Capital expenditures, not as robust as what you see on the manufacturing side. I think they were at 7.4% for manufacturing. What we're seeing for services, it's going to be 6% is what they're predicting. Now, here's the thing that's, Interesting, when you look at prices paid in April 2022 is when we took this uh, uh, survey of our respondents. If you look at in the past with prices, cost containment, strategic cost management, we were typically in the 2%, 3% range of prices increasing. And with inflation where it is and supply and demand and uh, not getting uh, materials, uh, we're looking at the prices increasing for the past year, 8.7%. And they're looking at it, they're predicting that there's expected increase 9.6% for all of 2022. 
I mean, that's just so high comparative. And we see it in the finished goods that we see in retail. You go to the supermarket, right? You can see products that are up 15 to 30%. Bacon is like, uh, should be put on the market next to gold uh, right now, right? And even egg prices, it's not only just the pricing itself. Look at the availability of product. You can see the shelves in supermarkets where they're not as full as they were in the past, or there's different packaging and different labels than you're accustomed to seeing. So we're seeing that you know filter through um, mostly from uh, upstream in the supply chain right down to the consumer. Um, employment, you know, we could really use a more robust number for employment. What they're telling us, our respondents are saying it's expected to increase for the balance of the year, 2.5%. But we have so many jobs open. Uh, you know, it's an ongoing saga. We've been talking about it each month. Um, and there's just right now, it's not only just looking at the availability of workers, but suitable, applicable workers also for each of these different industries. Some of the comments that have come back uh, from respondents, they indicate that they're actually having to lessen the qualifications for people that they're hiring. So that, I thought that was very interesting. Revenues, I know this is near and dear to lose heart. Revenues, this is more on the services side. I look at manufacturing, this is why Lou smiles every day. It's up 9.2%, right? Huge. Whereas in services, it's at half that. It's like 4.9%. So, yeah, look at that. You can't get that smile. But you're, but you're the big dog. You're the yeah, big I know, dog. but, you know, fast nickel or a slow dime, right? <laughs> so, so, the special, the special so. questions, Anthony, how, how were your reacting to those? Well, that's great. Uh, you know, if you look at on the, uh, we asked them certain questions as it relates to um, if they've had difficulty hiring workers, right? So I'll continue on with that trend. And they said that um, for what they reported back in 2019, they said 69%, right? In 2021, it went up to 81%. It was not measured in the fall, right, of, um, of uh, 2020. So we didn't do anything in 2020. So we went from 19 to 21 because of the pandemic in 20. So then we asked them again, what was the difficulty as they reported for May? 87%. So you can see that progression from 69 to 81 to 87%. Um, and who has not had difficulty I'll give you the low side is 9%. So it went from 24% to 13 to nine. And then if you ask, well, then we ask them, uh, what have they done to deal with those difficulties? And the majority have said they've raised wages, right? Others have said they didn't hire as many. So I'll give you the percentages on that. From 2019, 30% said they raised wages. We, as I mentioned, we went to 2021, it went to 44%. And what was last recently reported, 57%. So you can see that progression. Um, I'm sorry? I didn't get it. You didn't get a raise? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> In fact, for what I'm doing right now, they doubled my salary. <laughs> um, and the, you know, the question, uh, or they said, we didn't hire as many as we would have liked. And that went from 39% to 43%, down to 
And again, that's the labor pool. It's the available labor pool that's hitting that number. Um, I mentioned about the comments about the hiring standards that went from back in 2019, lowering their hiring standards was 9%, then it went to 3% and then to 5%. So, you know, interesting that that actually went, that went down initially in 2021 and then popped back up to 5%. Now we asked them about also about how was the war in Ukraine? Was it disrupting their organization's supply chain? And services, yes, was 9%. It was very disruptive, it was 9%. Yes, disruptive, 12%. Yes, it was somewhat disruptive, 28%. And no, not disruptive, 51%. That just bodes that, you know, speaks to the fact that it impacts manufacturing more so than services. We know that the commodities impacted, uh, you know, whether it was uh, neon and for chip production, uh, helium, uh, natural gas. Uh, we know all those various things that were, you know, metals, uh, Lou can speak more on that than I can, but certainly um, that's what we were seeing. Uh, we see, I, I looked at the responses and we could see it was heavily on the manufacturing side compared to the uh, services side. What's interesting uh, about the metal side is that <clears throat> being in the metals industry as long as I've been, it never fails that a customer complains about your price no matter what it is. Uh, even if it's a repeat job and you give them the same price, they still complain about it, but they bought it last time. Well, now your prices have gone up significantly and nobody's complaining. And part of that reason is that uh, many of uh, our direct competitors, their deliveries on uh, raw materials have gone out to 20 weeks. And if you're in there at 10 weeks, like we are, uh, at a higher price, nobody's complaining. Well, that's where we know, and, and we've uh, talked about this in the past, that continuity of supply became paramount, more so than worrying about the cost Absolutely. management. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anthony, I'm curious, in the services sector, what are their opportunities for automation, artificial intelligence as compared to manufacturing, which is starting to really get into it because they can't find workers, but they can find ways to automate. Can services do that as easily? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can see it from even prior to uh, uh, the pandemic, you look back to uh, with there was a shortage of labor kiosks, right? We saw it instead of just direct customer facing, we're starting to see more automation on the front end of putting your order in, whether it's on a QSR, you know, quick service restaurant, fast food, or retail, or anything along those lines, uh, more automation, right? We're seeing it more on just, we had it even with answering uh, the phone, right? Everything was all automated, you know, trying to get a warm body on the telephone and then when you did get a warm body, it was usually from in some other country, right? So um, <laughs> as far as the artificial intelligence, think about this. And, and ISM has been talking about this for years. And, and, it's, and it was talked about a lot at the conference this year. Back in the day when you were a buyer planner, right? You had to methodically go through all of this um, quantitative uh, analysis and projecting out your orders and all this kind of stuff. And nowadays, that's all done 
automated technology wise so that the supply management professional has to have more business acumen and be more well-rounded in understanding the strategic initiatives of a company and how to incorporate uh, the supply management into that versus just looking at tactical uh, placing orders or, or it's, it's been an evolution for quite some time now. So as far as the AI is concerned, um, you know, different examples I can give you, but the, the bottom line is it's huge and it's, and it's going to even be bigger down the road than it is today. I'm curious about that because as I'm looking at the manufacturing side and on the services side, uh, we spoke with an economist who was speaking to a group of McDonald's franchisees. And it happened to be a group of McDonald's franchisees who had fully automated their outlets. And instead of running 18 hours a day, they run now can run 24 seven, 365 because it's a lot. And I'm just concerned for the future employee who's resisting going to work until they get paid you know, $40 an hour uh, and they've got a beanbag chair in their office that a lot of these jobs are going to be automated and just disappear. They're not coming back. Well, that prompted a lot of it, right? With all the wage increases for, let's face it, I mean, you know, not to get into the whole political nature of it, but every time I see this big push for some of these jobs to get these high standard wages and people would argue, well, you can't afford to you know, support a family if you're working at some particular fast food restaurant and you know, you're making minimum wage, there's no way you could, the minimum wage where it was, there was no way you can afford to support a family. Well, let's face it, those jobs were not created for people to support families. They were post uh, school for high schoolers and you know, like not post school, but post, you know, after school type work for high school students. Um, you know, they were fill in part-time jobs. Granted, you know, the nature of uh, things are that, yes, some people needed that job to support their family, but how did the fast food combat that? The fast food companies, they went to kiosks because they didn't have that margin in there in order to, uh, 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 you know, have the necessary uh, margins that uh, they needed to, to exist as a business. So, and that's gonna continue. We're gonna go through this evolution Right, and people are going to have to train themselves differently to do different type of work, uh, bottom line, because as things get automated, look, retail has changed dramatically. Look what online uh, shopping and online distribution has done. Fast food companies for years, people don't know this, or they, they may not even be aware of it. Talk about automation, right from their point of sale terminals would generate orders, replenish inventory, it was all drawn through that, right? And they've been doing that for decades and just people aren't aware of it. And then other industries have adopted it. So we know that you've got a, a tight schedule, uh, Anthony, and you've got another show or something to do. So do you have a, a wrap-up comment for us? Well, the wrap-up comment is, I think, you know, when you said earlier, Lou, you, you know, when you said you think I'm kind of uh, giving us the semi-annual right as uh, going from the monthly report. And I have to say is that um, when we look at the combination of the two um, and, you know, I, I said this at conference, if you asked 100 people, 50 would tell you 
we're close to recessionary period and 50 would tell you we're not, okay? <laughs> the only thing I can report on is what our respondents are reflecting in their comments and then the numbers in the report. And what they're telling us is that we're going to have continued growth through the balance of the year, all right? We may encounter some unforeseen mitigating circumstance, some geopolitical, whatever. It could be something, hopefully we don't uh, get into anything catastrophic from what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, I hope sounder minds prevail, even though it seems like one part of that equation has no soundness. Uh, but I think that we can safely say that for the balance of 2022, the services sector, 90% of the economy will continue to grow. Even if we have to drag along manufacturing, we're going to make it work. Hey, big dog, it was great having you on the show again. It's always a pleasure being with you guys. Uh, Jim? Yeah, good to talk to you, Anthony. And we encourage everyone to go to istemworld.org where you can get these reports or go to jacketmediaco.com select Manufacturing Talk Radio, where you can see the live broadcasts and all the podcasts we've done with Anthony and other guests. And we appreciate you being here on this live episode. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, gentlemen. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.